You're listening to the Legacy Investor Podcast. Podcast. Where we focus on real estate, business, and mindset. Our guests will share their experiences, lessons learned, and actionable advice to help you get to the next level. Now, for today's show. All right, folks, welcome to another episode of the Legacy Investor Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Falzano. Today, we are joined by the guy. CJ Moss. You've definitely heard of this dude if you're from Rhode Island or Southern Mass on the radio. You've probably got a postcard of your property like I did at a couple of my properties. Absolutely crushing it. Welcome, CJ. Appreciate you, bro. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, man. Talking about this for a little while, got it going. The goal of this one and the reason CJ was on my list from the jump when I started thinking about this podcast is you'll listen to a little bit of his backstory, which is extremely motivating. He's going to dive into some wholesaling, what it's all about, because a lot of these folks listen to the podcast or entry level, you know, real estate investors Mm -hmm. who may be toying with the idea. But I think what the most valuable part you'll get from this is building a team, building a culture, but then also um, methods for becoming the best version of yourself. And that's really where I look at CJ and his wife, Beth, uh, partner in crime, just absolutely crushing it. So it's a two-pronged approach. We're going to touch on the wholesaling, then we're going to dive into uh, some of the other stuff, uh, you know, towards the tail end. Let's start off with wholesaling. Let's go. Let's do it. What is it? What is it? Like, give me a little, hold on, before we do that, your background real quick, where you grew up, mm-hmm. where you taught basketball, et cetera. Yeah. So Nick, I'm to be here, bro. I truly am. I'm, I'm excited to dig into all this stuff. I, and I hope I can help a lot of people, you know, because you and I, at one point in time, dude, we were learning. We didn't have, have much going on, right? And now, I mean, you're slamming it, dude. I'm doing pretty well. This is good. I'm a mass guy. I grew up in mass. I was a basketball dude forever. I feel like a lot of us, you know, business people were either former athletes or former, like, we were driven in some aspect of life growing up. I was a basketball dude. I won't go too deep because I feel like the story is getting stale now. I don't know. There's some folks that might not heard it, but, you know, but maybe you have a summer, a condensed version. I get a condensed version. I played ball in college. I got a, a really cool opportunity to go to Kuwait. And I think, honestly, that's the first learning lesson. After college, I went to Kuwait. People are like, dude, are you crazy? I take risks. That's what I do. I'm, I'm incredibly risk tolerant, yes. right? I take massive risks. So I'm like, dude, let's go to Kuwait. I'll meet some Kuwaitis. I'll coach basketball. This will be fun, right? Just real quick. Kuwait, where did that, how did that happen? So I met a guy who owned a basketball franchise company called Hoop Mountain, right? It's basically like a training academy. And this guy's name is Steve. And he kind of became a mentor for me. And he sold a franchise to this Kuwaiti dude, right? A guy named Musad, who was like obsessed with the Celtics. So Steve's like, listen, CJ, I need a coach out in Kuwait. This guy, Musad, he's got a Hoop Mountain Kuwait, right? He's got one coach, this guy who played at Syracuse, this guy, Brandon. He just had a coach fall off and I want to send you out there. So I meet with Steve. I meet with this guy, Musad, in Boston. We talk about the job. He tells me the perks. And I'm pretty pumped, dude. I'm straight out of college. I really don't know what I want to do, right? And at the time, it was exciting for me. Like, the salary was 50K a year. At the time, that was dope. It was like 50K. It was untaxed because I was in Kuwait. Right. At the time, I was like, this is so dope. They gave me a Prius. Paid for my gas, which gas over there was like a dude, it was like a 10 cents a gallon. It was crazy cheap. Put me up in a, like an apartment, gave me a club membership. I felt like I was like a boss. You know what I mean? Oh, Even yeah. though I, I wasn't in hindsight, like I felt good. They sold you. They sold me. And dude, it was worth it. Right. I went over there. I met this kid, Brandon. Dude, and we became boys learning like the Kuwait landscape, the Kuwait culture. I'm coaching these Kuwaiti kids. You know, they were young kids who literally couldn't dribble basketball. And then the national team and everyone in between. That's what we did. We just repped hours of training every day. 
But while I was over there, like we only, I only coached for four to five hours a day, mm-hmm. every day. So other than that, it was like gym and what am I gonna do in my free time? And I think luckily the kid Brandon knew about podcasts. I didn't know about podcasts at the time. This was like 2016. Okay. And he was like, dude, you gotta listen to like, I listen to Joe Rogan, I listen to these other things. And he started to send me down a rabbit hole that I started to go down my own holes with. And I learned about real estate, real estate investing, bigger pockets, mm-hmm. wholesaling Inc. That was the wholesale podcast back then. And dude, I just started to consume this stuff like four hours a day, I was just consuming massive amounts of information. I think the difference between me and obviously between me, you and a lot of other people is that like, did I, I consume and I take massive action. Mm-hmm. That's like what I learned. You consume, you take more action than you consume. So I met my wife out there, you know, I met her on Tinder. It was dope at the time. Yeah. Oh yeah. I met her first week on Tinder, dude. I'm on Tinder. I'm scrolling. <laughs> I'm like, bro, it's going to be the best time ever. And then I met, I luckily, thank God I met her and we started this relationship, which was awesome. But a year and a half into it, I tore my, my ACL, which was a blessing. And we were at a crossroads and I basically said, Beth, hey, listen, I need to go back to America to have surgery. I'm not coming back to Kuwait. I was honestly burnt out. I was burnt out like coaching basketball over there. I'm gonna do this real estate thing. Mm-hmm. And she decided to take the risk and join me back home, um, which had its own challenges. And uh, that's what we did. So we came, we came home and then that's when the real estate investing journey began. Damn. Yeah. All right. We're going to jump to Wholesaling Inc. a bit. And uh, you invested in a program with Wholesaling Inc. and then just sent it. I mean, let's just talk dollars and cents, right? When you came back, what did you have? You know, like you said, you're extremely risk averse and went for it. What did that Yeah. Look? So I, I saved 55 grand in my bank account in Kuwait. I had a, a family member, this woman, Mary who passed away and I had a very close relationship with her. And when she passed away, she gave me 50 grand. So I basically came back with 105 and that was my nest egg. And it was 2017 and I'm like, now nah, I gotta figure this thing out. And you thought you were balling. Oh, I thought I was balling, bro. I was like, I'm gonna buy my first multifamily. Dude, I was calling lenders like, dude, let's go. I got 105 grand, like I'll put down whatever you need. They're like, dude, you don't have a job. I was like, I don't need a job. I got this, I'll figure this out. I couldn't get a loan, dude. But anyway, yeah. I come back with that money. I learned Wholesaling Inc. Um, I think the course itself was 5K and it was all about direct mail marketing, which was a blessing because I was so laser focused on one thing. I didn't know what cold calling was. I didn't know what PPC was. I knew nothing besides direct mail. And the nice thing about Wholesaling Inc, this dude Cody Hoffheim started it, who's now my mentor, right? It's, it's actually, it's really cool how it's transitioned, but he's like, this is your lesson. It's a 10 minute lesson on a video. And now you have to go do this, right? Don't go to the next lesson. You have to take this action step. And if you cheat it and you go to the next lesson, you're probably going to fail, right? So automatically it instilled that like they're big on the rhino mentality, charging through any obstacles, taking massive action, massive consistent action. So I just thought that's what you do. I learned how to pull lists. I learned how to put together a direct mail marketing schedule. And also with them, honestly, it's such a blessing. I found this one course. It was all about failing forward. You're going to hit roadblocks. You're going to fail constantly, but that's how you're going to succeed is through failures and like adjustments and pivots. So I learned from them. I started the direct mail marketing and I, we really started multifamily investing first. You know, 2017. When you came back, you yeah. jumped into multifamily investing and then wholesaling because after that. I learned wholesaling, but we took down a few multis first with what, mm-hmm. what money we had. I had my mom co-sign. I'm a good problem solver. So I had my mom co-sign a loan for me. The first one, I had a couple of my buddies buy with FHA loans, mm-hmm. but I put down the cash to own a certain percentage of them. And then we get to a point really in, I'd say like January, 2019, by that time we maybe had, I don't know, 20 to 30 doors, right? I was making $0. 
a, a full zero dollars. Like, like break even on your multi. Dude, all that multifamily cash was just going back into renovations and buying new ones. So I was living off of my savings. Yep. And by that time, it was getting low. It was getting very low. And my wife at the time was a nanny in Duxbury making like 200 bucks a week. Nothing, right? So I was like, babe, now we have to smash this wholesaling thing hard because we're going to be broke very soon, right? And I don't want to take the multifamily money. Like we got to we gotta basically build up this ATM. The thought process was always, how do I get a ton of cash? And then how do I just buy ATMs with it? And then just do that cycle so many times until I had just have like a million dollars a month in passive income. So we started sending out mail. We started doing what wholesaling Inc. suggested. And it took time. Like we sucked. We weren't good. You know, we didn't know how to do it. We didn't know how to talk with sellers. We weren't confident. I didn't know about the probate process. I didn't know about contracts. I didn't know nothing. But we learned along the way. We got our first deal in 2019 from sending out, you know, X amount of postcards every week, every week, every week. And then it, dude, it just started to snowball after that. So direct, it's interesting you started with that because that's one of the most expensive avenues. And for somebody who's strapped for cash, and this isn't advice to folks listening, like there are other ways, whether you can door knock or cold call, it's a cheaper way to get into it. But I mean, typically your campaigns now are much, much larger than what you sent out initially, but was that first one like a thousand pieces? It might've been pieces? like, dude, it might've been like 2000 pieces a month. Maybe it was 500 a week. Sure. And one deal from that sounds about right. Yeah. And I started, I started doing it, you know, printing it out on a printer and signing it and doing oh, wow. it and, yeah, and, yeah. and folding think, it and putting it in. I think a lot of folks thought like that. Right? Yeah. You think you're going to save a ton of money, but when you go back and look at the time you spent. I think people overanalyze. Like, yeah, it's definitely one of the most expensive ways to start, but I started. Love it. Oh, and while like that. everyone else is analyzing the most effective method, I'm out there doing, dude. And that's that's what I think, that's one of the things that separates me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So Wholesaling Inc., you got going with the mentor one step at a time. Is that course still around? Do you know? Dude, I don't think it is. Really? That's the crazy thing is that I know Cody, he was he was with this guy, Tom Kroll. They're both amazing people. They sold it to a group. They sold it to a group who has like a radio course and a few other courses. So I know that Cody and Tom don't do it anymore. I eventually found Cody and I, I just like got into a circle. I met him out in Utah. He owns a com he owns two companies. Yeah. Or he owns a few, but Utah Sell Now is his like local wholesaling company in Utah where they do very well. And then him and his partner, Mark, they said, you know what? Let's franchise this thing. Mm. And they created Joe Homebuyer. And now Joe Homebuyer, there's like hundreds of franchises around the country and they basically run that thing. And Cody, I meet with Cody every other week. Let's talk about circles real quick. And then we're going to go back to the nuts and bolts and the numbers of wholesaling. You said you got into his circle and found him. One thing, if you know, folks listening, you follow CJ and listen to a lot of his other stuff. It's about right surrounding yourself with folks that are potentially five years ahead of you. Right. And that's a common phrase talked about within the circle and the folks that we, we uh, interact with. So how did you do that? Like, what were some tactics that you got in front of them for somebody listening, right? If they're like, hey, I'm really inspired by this dude or girl on social media. How do I, you know, add value to them, right? It's usually the right response. But I'm interested in your answer and how you actually made that happen with um, Cody. You know, I think that like you have to figure out an organic way to add value to people and you can't ask them how you can help them because now you're putting a burden on them. I hate when people ask me like, do I do anything? How can I help you? I'm like, bro, you want me to figure out a job for you? Like I'm so overwhelmed as it is. Like I'm good on that. Yeah. With Cody, it was, I took the course and then I had a certain amount of success. It was like a certain amount of monetary success. And then he has this program called Scale, where if you make over, if you did the wholesaling course 
and you make over X amount of dollars a year, he'll invite you to the scale course. So now there's 10 wholesalers from around the country who all make over, let's call it 500 grand a year, right? Now you get to learn from him in person for two days. It costs like 10 grand to go to it. Mm -hmm. You participate and then you start to build a relationship and like you have to buy your flights out and you got to buy your combination and you got to pay 10 grand and you got to do a lot of stuff. But now I'm in front of Cody and I'm building a relationship with him and he's seeing like, dude, this kid's got potential. He's got energy. Like he's committed to this thing, right? So I did scale. It worked really well. And then um, at the end of last year, actually, 2022. So 2022, we're having a very successful financial year, right? We're making a lot of money. We're in the millions, dude. It's going really well. And I am so overwhelmed. Like I am burning out, like truly burning out because we're wearing every hat. And by nature, I'm not an operator. I don't like systems. I don't like processes. Dude, I want to go day. close deals, bro. Yeah, yeah, Think yeah. about growth. Like I'm doing all the things that suck my soul. Yeah. So, and I, and it might, it might've been two years since I had last spoken to Cody or a year and a half or something. So I was like, I got to get in touch with this dude because I need his help. Like I'm burning right now and I need this guy's help. So I just called Utah's on now and I called one of his acquisitions guy. Really? Yeah. And I was like, dude, I need you to tell Cody off. I that CG is on the line and then I need to talk to him. And he was like, uh, I was like, dude, go do it. I'm, what, I'm, go I'm really good at like, tell like convincing people to do stuff. And, and he did it. This is awesome. Dude, then I had like an hour long, beautiful conversation with Cody. I remember it, dude, the office was empty. I was by myself walking around, having a heart to heart with Cody. And he was like, dude, come out. Me and like, you fly out here, me and Mark will meet with you privately and personally. And what they wanted to do is they wanted to sell me a Joe Homebuyer franchise. They wanted me to stop Moss Home Solutions and buy a Joe Homebuyer franchise. Cause then basically what they're gonna provide me is the systems and processes. They're gonna provide me with everything I don't want. They don't want to do. They're trying to alleviate your pain. They're trying to alleviate my, they're, they're trying to provide me with the value of alleviating my pain. And in turn, I'm running a multi-million dollar business. They're going to collect 7% royalty on it. And I'm going to grow your home buyer. Yeah. Dude. And I was like inches away from signing, bro. These guys are also like incredibly charismatic salesmen. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, dude, they're the type of people that like you get in their orbit and you're like, dude, this guy's the best. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like if you ever met people like that. Um, but I didn't sign because I was like, dude, we've worked too hard. We've worked too hard for this. I'm not giving this up. You have to get through your obstacles and not like you can't give in to the um you can't alleviate pain with just like immediate satisfaction. You know, you gotta get through it. Mm. So I was like, dude, we're not doing that. And I and I think he respected that. Yeah. Tough decision, by the way. Dude, super tough. Yeah. I was doing it. Yeah. I was ready to do it. Beth yeah. was ready. Beth was like, I am <laughs> done with this, dude. Yeah. Like, but I we we're actually at my sister's wedding and I was with my mom. And my mom, she has a lot of executive experience. I really rely on her for information and, and guidance. So she was like, dude, no shot. You're not doing that, CJ. Wow. You've worked too hard for this. Oh, it's the best. So I told Cody I'm out and he was like, dude, you know what I'm doing is um, that's cool. Like, I love you, bro. You're great. These guys in Utah, they're all Mormons, bro. They all got love. They're all like savage businessmen, but they're all amazing, right? Great humans. Dude, just great humans, yeah, bro. Great with humans. like 37 kids each. Dude. Sure. It's crazy. <laughs> Making more great humans. And um, he's like, dude, I'm coaching five of the top wholesalers individually around the country next year. Do you want to be a part of my mentorship? We meet every other week. We meet as a group once a month. Mm. I think it'd be great for you. And then I, I did it. Two big things that I don't want to gloss over here. You spent the money to go out to the conference. 10 grand, bought the plane tickets at a time when you didn't have a bunch of cash, right? That discretionary income that you could spend on whatever, right? So getting in the room, spending that money to actually fly out there, take to it, uncomfortable. Like who wants to get on a plane and go, you know, to 
this side of the country and then meet somebody you never met before. You might have been fired up at the time, but it's you're uncomfortable getting yourself in the room with the right people, right? Yeah. And getting you in front of them. The second part was calling the hot, like calling his sales line and talking to an acquisitions manager, like unbelievable. Doesn't matter what the step is, it's taking the step, right? Is the point, right? And what I'm trying to highlight here is that there's no magic bullet. There's like, it's literally just doing the hard things. Like those are hard things to do. There's, it's doing the hard things and it's putting yourself in a situation to be around the best people in the industry that are doing this successfully. You know, Cody, his mentorship costs 30 grand a year. Right. So I had to cut this with a check for 30 grand to mentor me, which is a hard pill for a lot of people to swallow. But at the same time, my thought process was like, all right, can I get one extra deal out of this dude? You know, through his, he's done what I want to do. And also, dude, he, the, Cody's, Cody's five years ahead of me, not only in business, but in mindset and in a lot of different things, you know, and family values. Like this dude's just another level, right? Life is like leveling up. Business is a video game. Everything's a video game, dude. And he's, he's where I want to be. And just being around him levels me up. So if I want to get to where he is, I got to surround myself by this dude and other people like him. And pay the price. And pay the price, dude. It's the price to pay. But even if you look at the numbers, it, it's, it's a no-brainer. Where you are now with Cody's help, right? After, you say, 2022 to yeah. now, like, would you say it was well worth the 30 grand? Like, not even, you wouldn't even blink it out. Dude, not even close, bro. It, it, it was so worth it. And then in September, right, I go out to this Lake Powell's in Utah. It's like the most epic crazy lake in the world dude like the clay canyons dude what an experience i go on a lake boat this is like a three thousand square foot like i don't know eight bed four bath lake boat with two kitchens dude it's like a luxury mansion boat on the water with me and 10 other wholesalers around the around the country everyone's doing like six to 15 million bucks dude and i'm around these people in cody and learning from the best of the best of the best around the country and we're all sharing what's working for us what we're having struggles with we're talking we're masterminding and like dude you don't get into those circles unless you're just trying your best to kind of claw your way up and like meet the right people mm. and to add value to those people mm. what i can also realize too is that there are folks potentially in this market that might think that just going to the conference right is is the exactly what they need but it's the action after the fact right so is your mentality when you come back from these conferences to absolutely put one two three things in place that are going to move us to the next level yes like for instance like that that lake i want to put you on the spot like what did you take back from that if you can remember back specifically that you think pushed your business forward dude there was this there was this guy there's a few things but one thing that really stuck out to me there's this kid eric who owns uh rapid home buyers in kentucky they have three locations in kentucky this kid's 26 dude He's, he's super sharp bro He's the opposite of me. Dude, he's very dialed in. His metrics, like he tracks all the numbers that he tracks. I'm like, dude, he's tracking all this stuff. I don't track any of this stuff. You know, like from when the lead, like how many leads come in, how many of those leads are actually hot seller leads, how many of those get converted to appointments, how many appointments get canceled, sure. what's the conversion rate, dude, boom, down the line. And then he shows me his whole operating system. I go back to the team and then I implement all those measurables and I implement how he's running everything like that, just in terms of the operations. Dude, and now like we actually have data that we can track and we can say, wait a minute, like if we move this lever on the marketing machine, the whole flow of data changes, mm. you know? So that was one of, of 10 things I took sure. back. And something to be cautious of too, especially if you have a team, because I think like when we come back from these conferences, we're so fired up at all this new stuff, you can very easily overwhelm the team. Very easily, mm-hmm. right? Like we're going to change everything we're doing, forget it, scrap it. Like we're doing this now. And that creates some hostility and some friction, right? With your team members. So it's also something that I've been, you know, a bit conscious of because I get pretty fired up too. And I want to change everything if I hear 
there's something that's working for you know whoever yeah across the country right dude i i found one thing to be really successful and i know we're kind of like bounced all over the place right now but is to involve your team in the decisions right so i do this thing have you heard of eos yeah entrepreneurial operating system out of the book called traction right as entrepreneurs a lot of us don't have operating systems we're just like slanging right and then we're like wait i gotta hire people like how do i train that person how do i onboard them what's the systems so eos is basically an operating system to to it's like a framework of how to run your business manage your employees and you can read the book and you can implement it yourself or you can hire someone who implements it for a living yeah. right so i hired this implementer out of connecticut this year and i've worked with her the whole year to implement the system dude i started implementing it right away right the buy-in from the employees is not there because only the leadership team go out and meet with her and at the mm -hmm. time it was just me and my wife so the team like i don't really understand this like i don't know if this makes sense right so what i did is i contacted her i said listen i need my team to buy in we all have to go out we all have to be a part of this and we all have to kind of build this out together and on monday tuesday of this week actually we spent from 9 a.m to 5 p.m i rented this dude the dopest airbnb ever in narragansett i brought my whole team down there her name is bernie bernie came from connecticut dude we planned out as a whole team all of us our 10-year vision our three-year vision our one-year vision and then every single step that we have to take into individually and collectively to get there mm. all the current issues we're facing how we're going to solve those issues dude we did like it was a team bonding experience all the team got on board dude when we left there my team's ready to run to a wall right now oh, yeah. and it's not because i'm telling them what right. to do they they played a role in creating it and you're right we are bouncing a bit but it's, this is fantastic i do want to since we're on the team piece let's just zoom out a little bit your business today let's talk about how many deals we're going to close this year you did just meet your goal yeah we're going to talk about your wholesaling deals, but also on the multifamily side too, because I know there's a metric there. So give us a view of what things look like. So the the wholesale business, so we, we will do, we'll probably do 130 deals this year. Right now we're at 125. We'll probably get to 130, right? I'm pretty pumped about it. But I've also learned that I can do, these conversations are tough because I can just keep digging out rabbit holes. I won't. Deal count doesn't matter as much as actually just gross revenue, right? But um, we'll do about 130 of which... About 82% are just straight wholesales. So a wholesale, for people who don't know what it is, you get a contract on, you know, you get something on a contract with a seller or house, one, two, three, Main Street, you don't close on it, you assign the rights to that contract to a buyer. So if I get one, two, three, Main Street for a hundred grand, you know, I assign it for 20 grand to buyer one who wants it for 120 and I make 20 grand and we keep it pushing. You're not flipping properties, you're flipping paper, which I love because you don't have risk or any of that stuff. So we'll do, you know, a hundred something wholesales this year. We'll do about like 15 or 16 flips this year. And then we've acquired some multifamily properties. The multifamilies are great. They take a long time to actually really start producing cash flow. Because if you're going to renovate them property properly and rent them properly, then you got to refinance them. They take time. These things are not like get rich quick. But um, we got a lot of doors. We've done a lot of deals. And now I'm just really trying to focus on like scaling the team and getting in like super high level individuals. Numbers on the wholesaling side. So not about um, deals, about the dollar metric. What was a dollar metric that you had in mind at the end of for the end of twenty? Like gross, gross. We wanted to make five million. Yeah, just like how many years from the first piece of direct mail that you sent out? It's really, it's been like like four. Phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely love it. But like I said, no surprises here when you actually look at your track record and then what you've actually done right to get here. Not easy, 
right? And then mm-hmm. I know I'm not going to touch on it here, but you jump from house to house to house, right? Just like different properties and kind of a nomad for a little bit, as was I for a little while. Yeah. Right. Living in properties that we owned or rented. And, mm-hmm. um, that's phenomenal. So then on the, on the multifamily side, and just to touch on this, so like wholesale, you're going to build a business that's eventually going to spit off cash flow, and it is. And But the multifamily side, like that is the passive income, right, that folks are going to live off of. I think historically, folks have just thought about wholesaling as the capital to buy those multifamilies, which the multifamilies are going to then pay them that passive income. You're building the business that's going to do both, right? And the hard part is, and this is kind of where I am as well, is extracting yourself out of the business. You and Beth have been so integral into doing the direct mail, going on the seller appointments, doing everything, right? And then replacing yourselves. And that is incredibly hard. Yeah. Documenting your processes, hiring employees. What are the benefits? Like, like all of the unknown, right? And all of those questions. And that's where I think mentors can help you just get to right that next level. Absolutely. So you're actively trying to remove yourself and Beth from the business, I'll say. And that sounds bad, but it's how do I create this business that operates on its own? Yeah. You know, we've, we, we've had a shift recently. That was my original idea is like, I want to create this business. I want it to be self-managing so that I can pull myself out and then do what I want to do. Right. We all have this, not we all, but a lot of us have this like weird financial freedom idea. And I had it too. Like, all right, I'm going to make a hundred grand a month from the multifamilies. I'm going to have this business rocking and roll them. And then I can do whatever I want in my life. But what I found is that I removed myself from the acquisitions position. So Beth is what we call an acquisition manager. She goes out, she closes deals with sellers. She's phenomenal at it, right? She got a British accent, it's a cheat code. She's super empathetic, like she's a boss when it comes to closing. I pulled myself out of the acquisitions role so I could be the builder. And what I learned is that I hate operations, right? It like just sucks my soul from me. So between really like January and as of late, between January, if it's December now, I'm probably like late October. I was only hiring, doing operations stuff. I didn't like it. I didn't like being in an office. I was like, what did I do? I created a job for myself. Mm. I created a very high paying job for myself. And this is what I don't want. And my um, my acquisition manager, his father passed away, right? So he was like, CJ, I, I can't work for a week. I got to be out for the week. And I'm like, all right, I got to drop back in acquisitions to support for a week, right? Do we normally, we normally sign like 2.8 deals a week. Dude, I jumped back in, we signed 11 deals in the week, right? And I was on fire. Mm. Like, dude, I love talking to people. I love meeting with sellers. I love solving problems. And like, I'm a really good closer. Like mm. me and Beth, the God's honest truth, we're a savage, <laughs> savage pair of closers, dude. And we love it. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, I did the wrong thing. I'm going back in acquisitions with Beth. And we're going to hire out the whole back end. We're going to hire out head of finance, head of marketing, the operator, head of transactions, fill out every single role to support the all-stars. And eventually, actually, here's the goal, dude. You ready to rock right now? I'm going to rock. All right. It's here. Dude, between now and 2030, the goal is to open up 10 locations down the East Coast. All right. So we're going to start in 2025 with Port St. Lucie, Florida. That's going to be our second location. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's rock, Ed. Right. Yep. But between now and then, all of 2024, the goal is to build out the entire team. I'm talking, I'm not talking like a normal real estate team with like low paying salaries. You know, I want people making a ton of money in my company who are, have like great degrees from really good schools and we're acquisitions, we're closing, we're bringing all the revenue. Eventually we'll hire acquisition managers at the end of the year. And then we're going down to Florida to open up the second location and then want to go Florida, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, and just keep popping these things off. Damn. Yeah. Okay. And then before you do, how about a franchise model, by the way? Dude, I'm out. 
All right, out on the franchise, don't want to sell somebody a franchise. You want all corporate-owned locations. Yeah, you know, it was it was interesting. I met with the guy who I told you owns Hoop Mountain, who sold the franchise to Mossad in Kuwait when I went out there. Yeah. I meet with him maybe once every year and a half, and I'm sitting down with him yesterday at Seven Stars Bakery in, on the east side. Oh, yeah. And um, I was like, Steve, how's this franchise? He, he owns 15, or he's got 15 franchisees around the States and, and internationally, like Dubai, Qatar. He owns a bunch of the Middle East. He's like, CJ, worst thing I've ever done. You know, because you create this baby that you care so much about and you're so passionate about and that you'll do anything for. And then you sell it to someone who has a little bit of money and who wants to start a business or run a business. But it's very rare to find someone who's going to run it like you. So you train them and you help them and they have your brand, but they're not running it properly. And he's like, if I could go back, I wouldn't do that. You know, I would own all of them. Mm -hmm. I would operate all of them and I would just keep all the ownership. And that's exactly what I want to do. I want to keep the ownership of, of everything. Love that. So for so does each office need to achieve certain KPIs before you move to the next? That's a really good question. That's a really good question. I think what we want to do is in 2025, we want to put this poor St. Lucie model in and crush it down there and try to get it up to like, the goal is to two and a half million dollars in year one. That's okay. the goal for each each franchise. There you go. Yep. And then if we can eventually get all those franchises up to like 10 million bucks a year. And if we can have 10 of those, that'd be the next like chunk goal. Gross revenue. Gross revenue. And obviously you have profit goals after that, et cetera. Yeah. Right. Um, you mentioned the conference that you went to or the, the get together out West, um, came back and implemented KPIs and processes with the team. Are there daily KPIs that you're looking at in your operation here at Rhode Island now? Or is it a weekly thing? Like your level 10 meetings? Like how, what does that look like? It's really a weekly thing. Weekly thing? Yeah. It's like how much revenue did we close? How much revenue did we assign? Um, you know, how many seller points did we schedule? Seller, wholesale sellers, distressed sellers, they're like squirrels, dude. They're so squirrely. Like, how so? They cancel constantly. These people, like, they don't hold commitments. You know, like, oh, yeah, I, ask, I, I get an appointment, we'll do it for Tuesday at nine, right? Tuesday at nine, you're there knocking on the door. Cold oh, feet. I totally forgot. Like, yeah. they're in their situation because exactly. they're kind of these type of people. So, anyway, if we schedule 12 appointments, we're probably expecting to go on to nine or 10 of them, right? And then, how? what was our conversion rate? Do we offer on every deal for us? Because you got to offer to get deals. How many of those were converted? You know, and then we kind of go down the line. And each of the, each of the team members has their own what's called uh, scorecards. So these are KPIs. Scorecards are basically KPIs that you have to hit every single week. A certain amount of follow-ups, certain amount of times you spoke with a seller, whatever, certain amount of offers made, certain amount of appointments attended, drive for dollars, et cetera. And then each employee has a has rocks or a rock. And a rock is basically you take your annual goal, you break it down to a 90-day chunk, a quarterly chunk. You have to hit your rock in the quarter. And we're like, are you on track or are you off track? If you're off track, how do we help you? We got to get geeky for a second. If you could only choose three softwares in your business to run your business, which ones would you choose? Or maybe you're using one. I don't know. Yeah. But for me, I'm using a lot more than that. So I, I'm, I'm picking three. Dude, I'm using one. I love it. I'm using one software, right? And I don't even know if it's gonna work yet because we can have this conversation right now. We decided we we're using a, we were, we're using a thousand softwares right now, right? We went into like today. We're using Evernote, which is like how you can track, you know, notes, and you can do many things in Evernote. We also use Dot Loop for all of our contracts. Um, we have a CRM called RE Simply, and we have a couple other things that people operate out of. Right. But we're getting to the point now where if we're going to scale this thing, everything has to be in one really efficient platform. So there's a CRM called Salesforce. You, you have your Salesforce. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's like, you know, kind of one of those popular yeah, CRMs out standard, there. Yeah. Most powerful ones. Yeah. This thing's not cheap. No. This thing's cost like 100 G's to build out. 
Like you don't just buy it out of the box. Mm. You're gonna like hire a developer team to build it out. But I'm like, if I'm gonna create 10 offices, at least in the next six years, I need them all running on one CRM and I need a developer to know, to help us with all of our processes. So right now I would say, hopefully Salesforce is our okay. one software. Like that'll be the CRM, you know, obviously your follow-up, like all your KPIs will run, right? Everything. Everything, yeah. Spending that kind of money, I would hope so. Better be. You know? <laughs> and then you're even your weekly dashboards now, though. Are we talking like pretty dashboards, everything's done like once a week with a team? Or is it, you know, a bit manual, right, to get to those KPIs and make sure that folks are on track? It's it's a combo. It's yeah. a combo. You know, we use the software that, that integrates with EOS. It's called 90IO. Oh yeah, I just I actually was looking into that the other day. It's actually it's really I've heard amazing things. Super user friendly, okay. dude. It's really good. I like that for the tracking of things. I really like RE Simply as a simple real estate dashboard. It's actually like it's aesthetic. You can you have these funnels, so like no contacts made, warm lead, hot lead, cold leads. It's got the sell. It's very easy for acquisition managers and lead flow managers or like follow up specialists. So those two platforms are simple and easy. Mm. And then there's obviously the dot loop, the DocuSign, all these things. But if we can all smash this into one hopefully beautiful platform, that's the goal. That's that's the goal, right? Yeah. And in this and like the software is and the reason that I get fired up about them, it's to remove friction for your team and making sure that they're as efficient as possible. If you're talking about this nice beautiful software with funnels, et cetera, that like your acquisition managers can use, that's phenomenal, right? Because it just allows them to do their job that much better and just right. equipping them with the tools that they need to be successful and hit those KPIs. Yeah. And in this day and age, like there's never been a better time to like either develop your own or subscribe to some other one that can take your team to the next level. Yeah. I think that I can already tell between you and I, like you're more geeked out on software than I am. 100%. And that's, that's, that's great. Like we're also different. I don't, I don't want, but you, you're also a little rare because like you can geek out on software, but you also like do a lot, like you take a lot of action and you, and you make a lot of progress and you have a lot of success, right? So it's all working really well for you. People can get into the weeds on stuff. Dude, you can just print out a pre-foreclosure list and go door knock. Oh, I love it. And keep it yeah. as simple as that. I and you it. will rip deals. You'll get a lot of no's. It's going to be very hard and like scary, Yeah. but you'll rip deals. That's a perfect uh, segue. I'm going to drop you in a city elsewhere in Rhode Island that I'm not sorry in the US that no contacts and you need to start this thing again. Somebody might be listening that is about to jump into wholesaling. Don't know. We just talked about a bunch of stuff, yeah. right? Software courses, mentors, whatever. What are you doing? I give you a credit card with a $5,000 limit. And again, don't have any contacts. There might even be a show about this. Um, what are you doing to stand up your wholesale company? So I'm, I'm by myself. Yep. I'm by myself. I got five Gs. Yep. On a credit card. Well, that's a really good question. I mean, what I, what I personally would do, do, do I have a car or anything? Or am I walking around? You got a car. I got a car. Yep. I would go drive for dollars. What is that? Drive for dollars. You you download an app. It's called Deal Machine. As you're driving around, it's like Google Maps. You can click. If you see a, a bad a bad house, it's got a bad roof. It's got bad downspouts, chip paint, whatever it is. It's distressed. You click the pin, right? So it logs it actually in your app, and then you can export all those leads. So you go. Let's say you drive for a week and you get a thousand leads. You have a thousand super duper distressed properties. You're gonna have some motivated sellers in there. What I would do with a thousand bucks, because this is kind of like my bread and butter, I'd mail them. I could do that with five Gs. I'd yeah. mail them with five Gs. Um, How? What uh, are you doing? Uh, open letter? I go to open letter, openlettermarketing.com. I get a cheap postcard for like 42 cents. And I, and I would probably hit that one list. I'd smoke that one list. I wouldn't do more driving. I'd get a thousand. And I'd, if I got 43, it cost me 430 bucks to send out those mail. Didn't I do that eight times? 
Eight times. And I would um, get a deal for sure. Once a week, once every other week, once a month. Would that, would just those amount of people, I'm trying to make money fast. Yep. I do a thousand bucks a week. I do, I do a thousand, sorry, I do a thousand mailers a week. Every, every week, same people, every single week, right? You're going to have some people that are calling you, do yeah. take me off your list, right? But I swear out of that thousand, you're going to get a deal. And then you go, you lock that contract up. You're going to know your market, right? You lock it up. And if you have a good deal, I'd post it on social media. I'd post it on the local, like real estate investing association groups. If you get on social media and you have a good deal, I'd also call, I would type in like, just Tell me the city I'm in. Chicago. I'm in Chicago. I'd go buy my, sell my house fast for, ca for cash, Chicago, right? I'm going to get all these wholesalers and flippers websites. I'm calling them all. I got one to three Main Street on the contract. I'm showing it Saturday from 10 to 11 o'clock. Off-market open house. Here are the details. Here's the photo link. Come if you're interested. Dude, I'd make 55 grand on that one deal, and then I'd start ripping. That's probably what I'd do. Would you hire a driver? Would you keep driving yourself? Would you just pay for more lists, maybe through PropStream or otherwise? I've, I think for now, I'd, I would do that method. I'd probably commit to that method if I was just buying myself i'd commit to that method for like six months and just say dude bury the hatchet with this thing and then hopefully in that six months save up like 350 grand i think i could probably get to like 350 400 pretty fast and then i'd be like okay now i can start delegating some of these tasks and maybe adding some new channels and stuff i think we gotta do this <laughs> draw me to city that's it Let's it's, go. Not, it's definitely been done before dad pretty sure i've heard of, i've heard of some of this tv show on it yeah yeah um that was awesome right because that just might give push somebody over the edge of it, it really is that simple i think folks build it up to be like this enormous mountain that they can't climb but it's as simple as taking your phone and going for a drive and then mail on properties dude i think what you gotta do is just like you just feel like sack up and just take massive action dude and whatever you do in life you 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 only all all that we know is that you live once i don't know if it's not true or not but i know for sure i'm living this one life you got to give it all you got. Like when you start taking action, I feel like the universe is going to put things in place for you to succeed. It's almost like the video game of life is like, okay, you're committed to this. I'm going to leave some little trinkets in front of you that you can pick up and start leveling up. But if you're just scared, you don't take any action. Like, dude, for what? Like, you're going to regret your life. Do you want to regret your life when you're 60 or do you, what, when's this episode coming out? Uh, two weeks. So in, at the end of 2023, maybe early 2024. All right, cool. Yeah. Check this out, bro. I am, my wife's, my wife's driving a beater Honda right now, right? She's been driving dollars in this thing for five years, bro. Beater Honda, right? And for Christmas this year, she doesn't know. So that's why I asked her when the stakes coming yeah. out so that she doesn't hear it, yeah. right? Dude, I bought her a dope Mercedes, dude. $142,000. Dope Mercedes, dude. This thing's crazy, bro. And I'm going to have it in the driveway on Monday morning, Christmas morning with a fucking huge, Get a huge red ball on it, right? And I'm like, you know what? Dude, why not? Exactly. Why not, bro? Like, dude, I got a beautiful brand new house with a sauna in it. She loves it. Like, and I'm not saying this to, to boast. I'm saying it because I'm like, dude, this is a video game of life. I can make money. Dude, if I, if I went bankrupt and made some bad deals, dude, I'd make it all back. I'd make it all back. I'd learn a bunch of lessons. I'd do it again. If I, dude, if, if I die in the video game, not literally die, but if I go bankrupt in the video game, dude, I'll respawn and do it again. Just like we talked about. Yeah. And I want to live a great life, dude. I want to, dude, I flew first class to Greece this year. What? Hello. Dude, what? Yeah. Like, I'm doing that every time now. Why Why not risk? Why, dude, the risk you're taking by, by not doing anything is way higher than the ones that I'm taking every day. Wow. The Mercedes. I love it. I absolutely love it. And you're right. Like, that's, man, words of wisdom from the guy. Um, 
And that's the rhino mentality, right? Yeah. So if we, I just want to go um, into hiring real quick and then we'll wrap this thing up. So you're building out your team. You're trying to put fill, backfill the roles that you necessarily don't want to be in or folks that can do it better than you do. You and I have had conversations on the side about hiring methods, questions to ask, and then um, trying to see if they're the right fit or they're going to be there in the right seat on the bus. Just talk quickly about, because I know you're heavily involved in your hiring process at Moss Home Solutions. Um, what does it look like when somebody shows up for an interview? And then what are a couple of those pointed questions um, maybe that you have shared with me in the past that we can share with the listeners? Now, the first thing that I do is before people actually step in the door is I send them this test, this test called the predictive index. Yeah, you're the same. Have you heard it? Yeah, yeah. What are we, you? We haven't talked about this. What are you? Um, I'm blanking on it. Wow, that's amazing. I'll get back to you on that. You, do you, would you know if I said it? Yes. Are you a captain? Nope. A maverick? Nope. Adventurer? No, I'll get back to you on that. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Um, Definitely type A-ish. Yeah. 100%. But the only thing that threw me off, and you're, when I tell you the name, you're going to... It said I was an extrovert, but I am not an extrovert. Like for me, and my wife is Jill. She is 100% extrovert. She gets... So for me, like the delineation is, does do you fill your cup up by going to networking events? Like, does that excite you? Does that um, recharge you, right? Going to network events, talking to people, et cetera. I am not that way. Like I can act in that capacity, of course. Like I actually love going out and meeting people, but I need that alone time to figure yeah. it out on my own and like, you know, like that's how I recharge, whether it's reading a book or whatever. Yeah. But dude, you're, you, you, I know what you're saying. Cause I'm the same way. There's a, there's a time where I'm like, dude, I need to leave everyone, bro. This is like too much. And Jill's like, no, let's go to the party. Like yeah, with yeah. the, t- with the 20 people. I'm like, no, no, no. Like <laughs> I'll stay home. Right? Like it's cool. Yeah. But when you're in those social situations, you, you thrive. You work. Yeah. You, you're good. At, you're like a chameleon like that. But, um, I sent out the predictive index because before these people walk in the door, it was funny. I, Cody's like a big believer in this. I ran through my whole team previously with Cody when I had a little bit of a different team and he was like, no shot at hire that guy. Never even let that guy in the door for this role. Like he's kind of like a master in, in wow. reading this. Okay. You know, he's like one of my acquisition managers. He's like, CJ, you can see here that like his drive, there's like A, B, C, D, E scale and they're all different things. You know, his A, which is his like basic ability to assert influence over people, right, is lower than his willingness to be in like relationship settings. So he's going to actually, he, he's not going to push to close the deal, his ability to assert influence because he values maintaining the relationship more, right? Yeah. Where like me, I'm higher in the relationship scale, but I am like wicked dominant on the ability to win. So like, not only am I going to be cool with you, but like, dude, I'm going to close you. Yeah. And like, I'm, I'm going to push you a little bit to close you. You know what I mean? So anyway, I, I do the predictive index. If they fit the position, I might miss out on some people because I'm sure it's not a perfect test, but then they're in the door. We'll have um, a Zoom interview first. Um, and you know, I, I go through, this isn't like basic questions. Like what's, what would you say you need to work on? Like, you know what I'm saying? What's you're not, your biggest weakness? Yeah. You're not yeah. asking stuff like this, dude. But you have a Zoom interview. You learn how to ask good questions. Then I'll bring them in for an in-person interview. And I have, I have, a, I have a bit of a cheat code. Honestly, I'll select two to three people that I really like, and then I'll fire them off to mom, you know, because my mom was a chief operating officer for decades of this huge medical company where all, she was an operator. All she did was like hire, fire and manage people. And like my last hire, I had two guys that I was like, dude, these guys are great. They're both awesome. I love these guys. Mom Dukes, can you interview them? And they go in. They're not like, oh, I got to interview with your mom. You know, they're like, oh, man, this is like her from this company. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, man. All right. Like just a big deal. Harvard Brown. Yeah, big deal. Big deal. Yeah. She's like, CJ, 
This guy, horrific choice. I would never pick him. This guy's going to be a killer. I hired the killer. Dude, he's been a legend for me. So I have a bit of a competitive advantage yeah, here, yeah. but that's I that's thought, got my process. I thought you were going to mention the um, name three. I'm going to butcher this. Three influencers. I can say it real quick yeah, if you please. want me to. So this is a really good one of just letting down your applicant's guard, right? So I say, who are three people that you admire? All right. Who are three people personally that you ideally personally, but it can be personally or just like in the world. Who do you admire? And I just want their names. I don't want you to tell me anything about them. Just give me their names. Peter, Paul, and Ben. Okay. Awesome. What are three characteristics of Peter that you admire? You know, and, and they might say, well, like this guy's, he's so loyal. He's so courageous. He just like, he takes on any challenge and you know, whatever the other thing is, right? Whatever those characteristics are, that's what that person aspires to be like already has inside of them, mm. right? And you'd be shocked. Like I did this on a show with our guy, Kyle Seabeth, mm -hmm. right? And I did it with him and he had no idea what this was. Right. And I went through the whole thing with him. And at the end I told him and he was like, <laughs> yeah, why do you know? I remember watching it. It was amazing, yeah. Right? And yeah. I, you, you let the people's guard down yeah. and you learn about them. So it's just a really good way of like, is this person a good cultural fit or not? Um, and then one of the last things that, that I do that I think is really important is you go over your core values with the, with the people, with the applicants. You know, core values as a company, people can think that it's like, you know, I don't know, kind of corny. But with us, we sit down with our EOS implementer, our whole team, we come up with them together, what fits our, our mold. And every applicant has to have those values. And if you don't have those values, you're not going to be a good cultural fit. Mm. And it's important that we have a rock star culture. So we just make sure those values align. Little things in the office of that building a culture, are we still doing the, uh, is it the KPI wheel? No, we killed the KPI. Killed the KPI wheel. We're on to bigger and better things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what? Um, I think things that that are awesome are like, you know, we have this epic Christmas party every year that the team loves. You know, taking the team down to Narragansett. We do, um, you know, we do like quarterly dinners all the time. Um, we do review competitions. You know, whoever gets the most Google reviews per quarter gets five grand bonus. Um, so they're competing for Google reviews. One thing that we do with our staff is that we say, we, we give everyone a really good base salary right? Really good base salaries. If you want a deal from us, right? You, you have full transparency. So normally like we're, we're going to have an open house. Everyone's going to bid on our deals. Right. You have no idea what Joe is bidding on. Best and final. Yeah. All right. Highest we're and best. Work, we're working it up. Yeah. yeah. You don't know what, what someone else's right. offer is. My team transparently sees every offer. And what you can do is we take the highest offer. We discount the assignment fee. So let's say the assignment fee was a hundred grand. We'll discount it by 20% and give it to you. Right. So you get first right of refusal at any deal, 20% discount on your first deal. Then moving forward that year, your first right of refusal on any deal. So my, one of my acquisition managers, this dude took down a three family in New Bedford. It was a huge assignment fee. We, we took off 26 grand. So for our employees, we're willing to say, hey, you can have the 26 grand. We're not going to take it. Wow. First deal this guy's ever done, he just made over 70 grand on it. Wow. So he's got a great base. You know, every, this other guy in our in our company, he's done three flips this year. He's never done a flip before. Mm. He's done three flips with us. We have our contractors. We'll help you. I, I co-sign lenders for our employees. Like, I want this to be a company that you feel a part of, empowered by, like you have investment opportunities. And dude, if I'm going to open up 10 locations in the next six years, I need to have a team that's like, dude, this is a ride or die. Yeah. This is like sneaking my life too. You know, yeah. this is not a five. This yeah. is like our life together. Right. Wow. And if that doesn't get you, I mean, what an incentive to like find deal, like to find the next deal. Dude, if you're willing to work and take risks, but then once people start working with us, they know that like, dude, I'm here for you. I'm not going to let you fail. Right. You know, I'll get you my lender. I'll get you my cruise. I'm not going to do it for you. Right. But like, if you hit a jam, dude, I'm never going to let you fail. Well, you are actively looking for people. Yeah. So if folks are interested in reaching out to Moss Home Solutions, how do they do that? See if they're the right fit for the next 
next position in one of these 10 offices? I would hit us up on Instagram, probably. You're going to get my wife. Yeah. All right. I think it's a small home solutions on Instagram. Um, pepper her a few times. She's very busy, so she might not get back to you. But pepper, and that'll, that'll test you. How, how, how like, determined are you? Yeah. And honestly, we're looking for high-level people. I don't want nine fibers. I don't want people like that. I want people that are, like, I'm committed I'm committed to being a part of almost, like, <clears throat> a professional sports team. We're like, dude, our, our goal is to win the championship. But over a very long period of time, and you're going to get, do we pay, like, we pay, like, full health and dental. Like, we... We do a lot as a company for people. We're completely renovating a 5,000 square foot office space right now. For my, dude, I'm putting, in, I'm putting in a dope gym for my office, for my team. I haven't heard this yet. Yeah, dude. We bought a new spot in Seacock. Actually, we closed next week, but we're in it right now. I'm putting in a gym. Like, this is it's, it's starting to get exciting. Yeah, for sure. You know? And it's exciting. exciting to watch. I mean, you and Beth are the best. I, I do. So I do get fired up, right? And motivated every time I speak with either you or Beth. You guys are the best. Really appreciate all you're doing. You're always reaching behind you to pull someone else forward, right? And that's the name of the game. That's my intention for this podcast. Um, and I'm doing whatever I can, right? With either through the management company or the Zano Foundation or whatever, you know, I'm trying to find uh, or follow a similar road. So appreciate you coming on, man. Appreciate this you. This is going to be really, really good. good. I can't wait for it to come out. But awesome. Talk to you soon, bro.